Welcome to the Cap Gemini North America Corporate Social Responsibility Podcast. My name is Janet Pope and I am the CSR Director for the US and Canada. I look forward to engaging with each of you on diversity, digital inclusion, and sustainability challenges and initiatives. Let's lead as architects of positive futures together. Hi, thanks for tuning in to another episode of our podcast. At Capgemini, under Corporate Social Responsibility, we have employee resource groups. ERGs, as they're fairly commonly called, are networks of employees, essentially focused as centers of excellence, promoting inclusion, helping to grow and cultivate cultural competencies, and celebrating diversity to add value to the business's bottom line. This month, we're celebrating Asian Pacific American heritage. So I got with two of our executives to have a conversation about how we can be more inclusive as leaders and further support our workforce during this time. Let's get things kicked off with a few introductions. David, we'll start with you. Well, hello. My name is David Yamashita. I'm a Capgemini executive responsible for delivery for a very large client at the around the world. And it's a um, my background is software engineering and implementing um, ERP systems at our, our clients. And um, from a personal standpoint, I love football. My favorite team is the Seattle Seahawks, and I try to play blues guitar. Hi, my name is Ellen Chen. I am a vice president uh, in the telco media technology sector. I work in hospitality. Um, I've been at Capgemini for the last 10 years. I've held roles from the supply chain logistics leader to a go-to-market leader. And most recently before taking up this role, I was the consumer products retail distribution uh, go-to-market and operations leader. I want to talk for a moment about the concept of the model minority. It's a bit of a complex stereotype as on the surface, some people may not view it as negative. It certainly is not as negative as stereotypes that we see in other communities, such as the African-American and Hispanic Latino community and the stereotype that we are angry or that we are people who should be feared or that we're dangerous. The model minority stereotype is complex because it still, like every stereotype, puts Asians in a box. It does not address the fact that Asians are very complex and have multiple cultures within the Asian demographic. It puts Asians in a box around education and skill and ability and makes assumptions that can affect how teachers are providing resources to students. And most importantly, it really undermines the awareness that we should have and the support that we should have for all minority communities because it sort of tries to say, if you just assimilate and do what we expect of Americans, that you too can have the American dream. Look at our Asians that assimilated and are now happy and successful in our culture. I wanted to talk with our leaders a bit about this particular stereotype and why it is so dangerous. I'm a first-generation American Chinese. Um, 
when I was growing up, you know, there were the name callings, there's the, you know, you must be smart at math. And if you take that into the uh, corporate culture of uh, talking about the model minority, I think you also get the, well, the, uh, the Asian people will listen, uh, they'll do as they're told. Um, and in reality, just like every other race and every other human, uh, we're all individuals and stereotyping and perpetuating a generalization um, is not okay. It's, it's not okay because it's not fair to one, the individual, but two, there is no, there is no, there should be no generalizations um, because the, the, that's why they're called stereotypes and we try not to um, acknowledge and perpetuate stereotypes. My, my background is I'm Japanese American. I was born in the Los Angeles area in California and then moved to Florida at a very young age. So I, I basically grew up in the South. Uh, I was one of the few Asians in my neighborhood and at my school for many years. And personally, I have to tell you, you know, there, there were many years in my youth where I, I did not even really recognize my Asian background and culture. And, uh, and, and this, this notion of the model minority is, 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 is important to understand because I, th I think Asian Americans get, get this label quite frequently that even though we're a minority, you know, we're, you know, the stereotype is that we're all college educated uh, and that, uh, you know, that we're very successful. And, and I think, some of that is true, but I don't think there's any difference in in Asians versus Latin Americans or or African Americans in our country. That they're you know the 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 problems of of racial and and economic status are still still there for everyone. I found that representation matters, and representation is important, especially when coupled with storytelling. When we listen to each other's stories, it really enables us to raise awareness and be more mindful for how we can be inclusive across multiple demographics. Here, I wanted to make sure that David and Ellen shared stories on blending in, on intersectionality, on the bamboo ceiling, which is basically the concept that though we may have many Asians in our workforce overall, we won't see those numbers proportionate to leadership positions. Very, very similar to the concept of the glass ceiling that we talk about for women. Let's dive in and talk about these topics as well as xenophobia and what we can do to address this now. I introduced myself as David Yamashita because that's been my professional name for many, many years. The actual way you, you pronounce my last name is Yamashita. Mm. And... You know, when I'm around people I don't know, or I'm in a, uh, you know, more uh, like at a non-business kind of activity, that's the way I will introduce myself as David Yamashita. But uh, it, it, it does cause conflict with people because when they hear that, they, they're automatically confused, especially people who have known me a long time. I think the, the uh, an additional part of the Part of this discussion, at least, you know, I've heard many Asian Americans talk about this is the inevitably when you meet somebody, you know, the, there's this weird, weird conversation you have that I have not heard other 
other people talk about, but inevitably there will always be this discussion about where are you from, you know, and it's not where are you from, like I'm from Florida or I'm from California. I'm where are you really from is the question. And then and then the second part of that is, you know, you speak very good English. I don't know how many times I've been asked that and yeah. told that. I, I don't know any other language, right? I, I do not speak Japanese and English is my only language, but there's this uh, assumption that because we are Asian American that we're not from this country. And that's that's probably the one that disappoints me the most personally, because I don't know I don't know anything but being an American, you know. Yeah, no, that's offensive to 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 look at you and assume that you, you know, bravo to you because your English is great. Well, yeah, that <laughs> that's my first language. Um, yeah, that's interesting. On, on the stereotype theme, though, Ellen, um, you know, as as a, a female executive on this call. What what do you see in that space? We talk about intersectionality sometimes and just the fact that we're many things, right? You're um, of Asian descent. You're also a woman. Anything you want to share related to, to your intersections? I think um, I remember growing up and, I, and I'm very conscious of it because when you're growing up, you are, you know, people people will say, well, the, you're the quiet Chinese girl or you're the quiet Asian and you'll do as, you know, people tell you to do. And I always found that strange because I, I, I don't have that personality. And, you know, growing up, people would say, well, a lot of a lot of people um, marry Asian women because they're they are submissive and they'll do as they're told and they'll, they'll do a little housework, which was very perplexing to me. And I think in the workplace, I, I do think there's probably some of that. Um, I, I do think that you have to be able to be strong enough uh, to speak up for yourself, whether you're a female Asian or a female in general, because um, people do have, and it's probably mostly unconscious bias, um, do have a stereotype or a generalization about who you are and uh, what you're, you know, you're a very good worker. You're going to, they're going to keep you around because you're a very good worker, but uh, you're not going to get promoted, right? But call them up for the project because they'll, they'll help you complete the project. So you, you do have to be more vocal. And I think that it has to do with networking in general and just being aware of that. Yeah, that's that's really, really interesting, especially when I think about, you know, conversations I've had with African-American women and the stereotype around sort of the aggressive or the, the angry, quote unquote, angry black woman. So it's interesting right. to hear that juxtaposed with sort of a do as they're told mentality and where does all of this stuff come from? Um, fascinating. Yeah, what? I think there's also along with that, uh, uh, along with the uh, that part of it too. I, I think there's also an Asian thing where you're technically competent, but you you cannot be a leader. Uh, I mm. think that that's a very tough one, right? So you're, it goes along with what Ellen was saying about you're you're good at your job. I'll take it even further. That says that states that you're technically amazing but you can't be a leader of a team or it's not thought of that you could be a lead of a team so that's another one that i i find um difficult i've had that said in my life that i'm i'm technically excellent and that's it right so yeah, yeah. and you're getting in 
into the concept of the bamboo ceiling a bit there, David, and we know there's there have been books written about this and the fact that, you know, you may have a number of Asians in a workforce per se, but they don't make it over the leadership ceiling, very similar to the glass ceiling that we typically talk about for women. Um, anything else you want to say about that in your experience and and how you've sort of seen that happen or what are things we should be paying attention to to help stop that? I, I can only tell you from my own personal experience, right? I've been a vice president in other companies and there were many times through difficult situations where I had to leave and find another position. Almost every time I've had to take a demotion uh, to in order to to get to where I, I end up being. That's why I tend not to move around too much personally. I tend to have to stick around for a few years because it's it's uh, it's something where it seems like every time I change my company, I have to have to reestablish and start over again at that company. So it's, that's happened to me four times now. So I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I, I, can't, I can't comment on it broadly, but from my own personal experience, yeah. Do I believe there's a bamboo ceiling? Absolutely, and you have to, you have to almost prove yourself every time you start out somewhere new. Yeah, anything to add on that, Ellen? I, I, I will agree with uh, David. I, I do think there's a little more challenge if you look a certain way um, to kind of prove yourself again. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of sad, right? Which is we, we know that and we do it and we have to do it anyway. Um, and where we think other, maybe other people might get passes, um, it, you know, so I do think it's a challenge out there. I do think there's a bamboo ceiling, just like I think there's a glass ceiling. But um, I also believe that as individuals, we have to work hard to, uh, you know, try to prevent those things from happening. And, you know, sticking up for yourself or sticking up for others that you do know, uh, I think is very important. I think if we look back in history, I mean, in the 1800s, we had exclusion of uh, not allowing Chinese people into the country, the United States. And I watched this documentary and I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's 2020 now and we still have the same problem. So have we really grown as people and as a nation on, you know, inclusion? I, I don't know that we really have. I think we've buried it and go, we, we, we shouldn't act like that. We shouldn't act like that. But there are a lot of people that are more than happy to act like that. It, it is a, I think it's something that we can unlearn. And I think if we're aware of it, then it would make, um, perhaps empathy go a little bit further when in today's world where we're going to have a promotion, we're having a promotion of xenophobia. We're, we're allowing these things. And every time we allow someone to tell a joke or allow someone to do something and not be punished for it, or this gentleman named Vincent Chen, who was beaten up by a baseball bat because they thought he was Japanese during wow. the auto crisis. It's, it's inhumane and I can see why people are angry about it, but we can't allow that to happen. We, we as a group have to speak up and I don't mean the group of minorities. I mean, a group as a human race. Yeah. And you know, that, that I think that's important. And it's really easy to pit races against each other. If you know, when it's, if you're not in the, in the zone of being fired at, then everyone's like, Oh, I'm safe. I'm safe. But in reality, every minority in this country and every non-minority in this country should be working together to create a safe environment for people. 
We always want to make sure that we have very specific actions that we can each take as individuals to continue to be inclusive leaders and continue to make sure that we're moving things forward. We don't want to just get hung up in what's negative. We really want to make sure that we have action-oriented ways to move us forward. So I've asked David and Ellen for a few next steps that we should think about as leaders across any level. Again, I I think going back to what I said earlier, right, the the organizations, um, one, need to create a safe work environment. So zero zero tolerance policy of discrimination. I think uh, if people are hearing jokes about any race or religion, people need to investigate that and something needs to actually come out of that investigation. Um, I think, you know, having things like this podcast are important, right? Because that means the company is willing to, to put out there and listen to what their executives are saying. I think mentoring, um, our Asian American community, whether you're Asian or not, I think is important to get to know that person and help them with their career. So uh, I think all those things are important. Yeah. Having a, having a, a deep understanding of what people really want. It's not all about money, right? I think sometimes we get caught up about money, but I, I think a lot of it has to do with what what do what are people really looking for when they're working for someone? And that that part to me, and it goes along with the mentoring as well. Uh, there there's not a natural thing to do this, you know. Uh, corporate wise, many companies just. Uh, evaluate employees and employee uh, employee performance and I hear a lot about business outcomes and my concern with that discussion is it takes the uh, human element out of it you just you're just measuring things and I, I think we need to be deeper than that we need to understand why people are successful you know what are they not successful at and 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 make sure we understand how to make error you know the, the best from each employee whether they're a minority or not. And and that's where we need to go, you know, is is careful, careful and deeper conversations and understandings of what we are. I I think from a Capgemini standpoint, we do actually a very good job from even cultural awareness. I'm very proud of the things that we do in our company where we're, we have a cultural awareness program. We have, teams of people who are interested in their cultures, whether it's, you know, Asian American or African American or Latin American, we, we have these programs and, and I think it's, it's very helpful to do that. We just need to take it two steps further and make that part of our regular and not making an exception. I'd like to wrap up this episode of our podcast with a few resources from David and Ellen that further celebrate Asian Pacific American heritage. There's also a fun tip from me. Thank you, David and Ellen, for your leadership, for sharing your perspectives, and for helping us continue to be architects of positive futures. Yeah, I'm actually watching um, a PBS documentary on Asian Americans and the history of Asian Americans in this country. And I, I find it very enlightening and something interesting uh, to watch. It's, I mean, it's long, but I think it's it, it gives you an idea of the American Asian that is in this country. 
uh, what the history has been because um, I don't think people give enough credit to a lot of the uh, Chinese Americans, Irish Americans built the Great Railroad across the United States. Mm. Uh, if you look at the picture, it's uh, a, a bunch of people that probably sponsored it, but no, no one showing the people that actually built it. Are all the farmers, the Filipino farmers and the the Mexican farmers, all uh, all providing food, right? So, I I would take some time and watch the Asian American doc, uh, documentary on uh, PBS. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Good one. The there there's some interesting YouTube videos that are out there. There's one that I always find interesting. It's quite old now, six years. It's it was it was done six years ago, and it was done by. A person and it's titled where are you from and and this is a an example of what i was speaking about where asians can sometimes get asked this question and and i thought the way she she explains that and how she ends it is extremely relevant to the discussions that we have and if you just watch that three minute video i think you'll you'll understand many things that that are perhaps unique to the asian american Okay, thanks for sharing that. And um, I guess one fun tip for me, uh, Netflix has a special from one of the comedians in The Daily Show, Asian Comedian Destroys America, that is hilarious. Um, it, 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 has, it has language that's not appropriate for work, but if you like to laugh and you like stand-up comedy, it is a great watch. Oh wow, it seems like we've come to the end of another Cap Gemini North America Corporate Social Responsibility Podcast. Again, I'm Janet Pope, and on behalf of the entire North America CSR team, I'd like to thank you for listening. If there's a specific topic on diversity, digital inclusion, or environmental sustainability that you'd like us to cover, please comment in the podcast channel. We want to hear from you. 